He brings, you know, friends, family members, siblings away to help us fulfill destiny. The height of it is in marriage. Uh, and many of us, either you're married or aspiring to get married. So in that institution, one cannot fulfill destiny alone. Two are better than one, for they have a better reward for their labor. Now, we, we've tagged this series, Return to Intimacy. Uh, basically, uh, to restore homes, to restore relationships. Um, there are many things that Satan tries to do to divide people. In the church, it tries to cause division. In families, it tries to separate husband and wife, and then parents and children. In nations, I mean, I, I, I am a bit conversant with what's happening in South Sudan, for instance. Uh, it's a nation uh, team who visited South Sudan. And when they had their independence five years ago, the entire world was so excited. The youngest nation on earth, they got their independence from Sudan. We now have the uh, South Sudan, which is predominantly Christian. It was a joy to the world. And then just merely one or two years after independence, they are now in civil war. Fighting, in internal fighting between uh, two major tribes, the Noah tribes and the um, uh, Dinka tribes. Fighting, and then some tribes will go along with a particular tribe and killings and rapings. And you see that that nation hasn't been able to make any progress because of infighting. Satan is the author of confusion. Satan hates when things are working together. In Psalms 133, Psalms 133, we, we look at the benefit of unity. Because sometimes people just think, eh, let her fight me. and eh, Let him go away. Eh, they should leave him by myself. No. Where there is disunity, there can be blessings. There can be progress. Some families are stagnated now because of infighting. Husband and wife or parents and the children. Even if you are seeing any measure of results, let me tell you, when there is strife, it's showing you that you're only seeing half of what should have happened. So don't be deceived by, uh, we still have a car, uh, we still have this. If God would show you what you could have attained, you'd be in tears. You're working on half measures, half potential, because two are better than one, for they have a better reward. So that means where there is infighting and you see any reward, it can be better. And for some, there are nothing, not, nothing is even happening at all. Psalms 133, um, Psalms 133, he said, Brethren, how good and how pleasant, sorry, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to do what? Dwell together. Somebody say together. Say it again, together. To dwell together in, he said, it's, it's good. That means it's bad to be in disunity and it's unpleasant. Now, he now began to explain what happens in verse 2. He says, when there is unity, he said, it is like the precious anointing or ointment upon the head that ran down the bed, even Aaron's bed, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Verse 3, as the dew of Haman, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there, that, that, that there is significant, the place of unity. For there the Lord commanded what? 
the blessing. So in the place of unity is the place of commanded blessings and even life forevermore. So we come to church and many of us, oh, I want to be blessed. I want God to bless my business. I want God to bless my family. Now he's saying that blessing occurs where there is unity. So while we pray for unity, I mean for blessings in church, Satan tries to sabotage the release or the reception of that blessing through disunity, through strife. There's this other scripture, um, I think it's in James, James chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, it says, where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. James 3 Verse 16, for where envy, where there's envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. So we discover that um, evil work will only manifest with the foundation of disunity. Satan, I mean, they said John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus, isn't it? So, um, I mean, he came to welcome Jesus. So it's, we're saying strife is the forerunner of evil manifestation. Please, can we get on John, sorry, James 3.16. James 3.16. James 3.16, please. It says, um, for where there is envy and there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. So before other manifestation of darkness, before other manifestations of evil, there will first be strife. Meaning, okay, if I see John the Baptist, I should expect Jesus. You understand that? Because it's the forerunner of Jesus. So when I see strife, it's also telling me that something more sinister is in the offing. So what do I do? To avert that, I fight strife. It's just wisdom. Except for where there's envy and there's strife, there is confusion and what? Every. Every evil word. That means Satan can do anything. In that family, in that church, in that, in that business, when the staff are fighting... When, look at South Sudan. Very painful. Sometimes, when I read it, I just shut it down. I mean, you just had your independent, and then the president and the vice president started having issues. They're from different tribes. And then one day, I mean, I think that was last year, the president accused the vice president of plotting a coup, and then tried to sack him. And then the vice president said he didn't plan a coup. And then the entire tribe, the, the Noah tribe, that is, that is from the vice president, they took up arms against the other. So literally in their nation's capital called Juba, the, 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 the national army will enter into homes and then ask you, which tribe do you belong? If it's from that vice president, they kill everybody. And while that was happening, the other guy, I mean, just like, you know, if a modakeke kind of thing. And it was horrible. Now it got so bad that they were now trying to punish each other. So when soldiers, it's so bad that when, when soldiers are on the highway and some buses are passing and they stop the bus, or they tell everybody to come down. If you are from that other tribe, they rape all the ladies. In broad daylight, just take them to the back of the post of the block and rape them to punish the tribe. I mean, it started with strife, but see rape, see killings. There was a time uh, some of the soldiers picked some people from the other tribe Open a particular container and just tell them enter and locked it. They died of suffocation. I mean, it's, 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 it's disheartening. 
And that's just periphery of what's happening out there. It's so bad. It's so bad. Having a pregnant woman and, and ripping her open. With none of those guns that have knives at the head. You rip it open. Or entering a family and then you ask the mother of the house, choose one of us to rape you. If you don't choose, all of us will rape you. And the woman said, then kill me. I mean, three soldiers or five with a woman because from the other tribe, that's all. Okay, choose one. It was like blessing that choose one of us to rape you. If you don't choose one, all of us will rape you. And she said, kill me. And they all raped her. She was giving a story on BBC. It's painful. But it started, so when you say, when you see that, please get to that verse, Jeremiah, I mean, James 3.16, it said, where there is um, envying and strife, there is what? That country is in a state of confusion now. So you meet a soldier, and, and you know, in the, in the army, they have the two tribes. So it's, so, I mean, it's, it's confusing. There are some tribes they kill because you are supporting the other tribe. You, you understand those kind of things? So at times when they even see you and ask you, where are you from? What do you say? California. Simple. Because what, what do you say? In fact, they don't even need to even ask. Just talk. They know who you are. The particular Noah tribe, they have some marks on them, which you are carried since you were born. When they see that mark, they know. They just slaughter the person. So where there is envying and there is strife, there is confusion. And so you see the every evil work. And you see that at times happen in families. It starts with a little fight between husband and wife. Little fight. And then the fight begins to aggravate. Aggravate. And then suddenly the man begins to have an affair. And then suddenly step daughters, step sons. And then the two wives begin to fight each other. And then you see diabolical things. The second wife is shooting spiritual arrows. Is that correct? Shooting. Amen. You know, spiritual arrows against the other, the first wife, that, uh, so that they won't give the first wife children inheritance. And then the first wife, too, in a bit to defend herself, she goes, you know, and then you see all kinds of things that can affect a whole generation. But it started with the man and woman not being mature enough to handle things. So when you see strife, please see Satan. When you see division, and this harmony. I mean, you need to know what ISIS is perpetrating in the Middle East. What you see in the media is less than 10% of the real happenings. The beheadings are too much. Just because somebody feels, if you don't accept my way, you die for it. That's not kingdom. That's not God. So where there is strife, where there is envy, there is confusion. and every So when you hear statements like, fight strife. Like you are fighting Satan. You understand it. Meaning, for those of us that are married, when things are beginning to happen between you and your wife, don't let it stay. Don't let Satan on your property for too long. Where the thing will land you will shock you. Man, just a little fight. A little fight becomes a big fight. A big fight ends up in separation. I, I, we, we discussed in the first service about separation, where in many homes now, people are actually separate. They are living together, but they are separate. They don't talk to each other. They only just, you know, they, they talk like uh, classmates. Hey, how are you? Good, good morning. Husband and wife, good morning. Good morning. You know. They are actually separated, but they're just living together. There's no unity in the house. 
And for those who don't have too much a big house, they are forced to stay on the same bed. So people stay on different parts of the bed. I'm sure you know that kind of thing. Mm. Somebody sleeps on the right and and then, and then when you are moving too much, your leg touching. <laughs> you know, children do those things too. When they are fighting each other, stand on your part too, and then one moves. You are touching me. You are touching me. You know. But it starts from little fights on 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 attended to. Even in church here, when I notice somebody is too much of a fighter, we tell them, leave the unit, leave them alone. Somebody joins a unit for the first time, and then you know more than everybody in the unit. Cabo, welcome. And then out of too much knowledge, you begin to fight everybody. Leave them. They don't know. Leave them. Because knowledge puffs up. But the spirit edifies. You come and then you start challenging everybody in the team. They don't know anything. They don't do it your way. You start fighting. Leave them. Stay on your own or even leave the church perhaps. Better is a dinner of herbs where there is love than bokoto where there is strife. That's what the Bible says. Stalled ox is bokoto. <laughs> because where there is strife, the bokoto will soon become something else. But where there is love, the vegetable will soon become bokoto. Do you understand that? Because this unity reduces Unity creates progress. He said, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And this is not only in marriage, even in business, in career. Maybe you, 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 own a, uh, you own a business, you have staff. Ensure that there is unity. Don't tolerate any secretary fighting everybody. A client comes and says, yes, what are you looking for? And your secretary is saying that. She should go, or you educate that. You can't be talking like this here. You are fighting the driver, fighting every staff. Are you the only one in this office? You want her. If, you, if I hear anything again, you are gone. Your business can be blessed where there is disunity and disharmony. It takes humility to work with other people. It takes humility. So in the first service, we, we tried to uh, do some dissection of things that generate strife. Things that encourage strife. And one of the things we mention is uncontrolled anger. Because at the root of that is certain expressions or are certain expressions that cut the other person. Thank God for the video. I didn't even know that they could show that video at all. About words. Words can kill and words can make alive. So in the, in, 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 in the place of uncontrolled anger, one of the major things that happen is you just start saying words. Bad words. Some people even curse their, their uh, spouse's parents. You know those statements that some of us make? You start saying, you look like your mother. Your mother cannot cook. You people, you two cannot cook. You fam your family is a generation of uncookers. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? Uncooking. And, and you think you are trying to be expressive, but you are killing your home. You are creating this, this, this unity, and there can be blessings. And unfortunately, when somebody speaks like that, one particular person in the family begins to pick it up. It could be your first child or your second child. Because what people see, they replicate. Words. Words. Words can kill. Words can make alive. Words can enhance intimacy. Words can destroy intimacy. Some homes, as I'm speaking now, the reason why there is no flow between husband and wife is because of words used by either the wife on the husband or many words used by the husband on, on the wife. Cutting words. Dishonorable words. Abusive words. 
And then you ask the man or the woman, what is wrong? Nothing is wrong. I just try to correct him or I try to correct her. But what happened is even more than that. You have used words that alienate the person. You can't be telling your wife, I regret the day I married you. Those are heavy words. Or you and these children, just get away. Just get away from my presence. You can't be using those words and expect to, for that to be harmony and fulfillment of dreams. And I'm saying this. I learned from one of my mentors. He said, even if you see any result, it's half, half of what should have happened. Half, maybe one quarter. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, I had something else to share, but I, I'm, I'm really on this anger thing. Let's, I mean, we have three weeks to go anyway. So, Proverbs 15, 18 talks about the fact that anger rests in the bosom of fools. There are many things that we overreact about are just because we, we, we have been foolish. And we said in the first service that you tell your neighbor, don't be a fool. Or maybe you tell your neighbor, I'm not a fool. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a fool. Look at this. Said, a wrathful man stared up what? When you are given to anger, you'll be fighting. Every smart you'll be fighting everybody. And then, but he that is slow to anger does what? Apiset strife. Can we see that in amplified version? After that, we'll look at it in the message translation. So when you are given to anger, fights will be many. Can you hear me at the back? Is it be clear? God bless you. It says, it says, a hot-tempered man does what? But he will slow to anger a pieces contention. Okay, uh, look, let's look at it from the MSG version. So, so when you are given to excessive anger, you you just be fighting everybody, fighting the office, fight your family members, just fighting. And at the root of that is impatience. He said, hot tempers start what? A calm. Cool spirit keeps the peace. Okay, let's do this thing by faith. Tell your neighbor, I am calm. I am, calm. I am cool. I am I'm not hot-tempered. You know, when ladies are looking for a man to myself, I want a cool, cool, calm, and collected. Maybe they got it from this verse. <laughs> but it is a collected there. Yeah? It's calm. I don't know about the collection. Now, now let's, let's run through what I said in the first service and then I have something else to just add to it. That how do we handle, I mean, it's going to come. Your, your spouse will hurt you. Your friends will hurt you. I have friends in ministry. They hurt me. And then you want to ask yourself, am I going to be carrying this burden of unforgiveness forever? Am I going to be carrying this offense forever? And by the way, I'm not okay carrying this thing up and down. It's affecting me. There must be something I can do to deal with it. So, because instead of just telling people, don't be angry, let's talk about, okay, how do, we, how do we deal with it? The first thing we mention is the fact that you need patience. Somebody say patience. Oh, yes, if you are patient enough, you will be able to dissolve unnecessary outbursts. Patience. 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 James 1.19, patience. It says we must be swift to do what? To... Here, swift. Somebody say swift. He said, where, are you okay? Are you okay? Okay. Because I'm sure that we're together. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to what? Swift to hear. Slow 
and slow to wrath. This is the major answer to the disease of excessive anger. Your ability to listen, which is a function of patience. That patience to get the details. Patience to know what really happened. Patience so that we can respond wisely. I mentioned in the first service how at home, at times something happens and you don't, you are, maybe you are stressed out of work. You don't wait to get the details of what happened and then you have, you have gone off. And sometimes when you are angry like that, you make some general statements that are very offensive. And at the end of the day, when you not get the details of what happened, maybe it could be maybe gas, as little as gas, and they've been looking for gas, and there was no gas. And they were looking for it for hours. But because of that, food was delayed. But you don't even want to know, ah, why is food delayed, 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 this food is delayed, delayed. This family is a delaying family. <laughs> Just saying all kinds of things. And then later you don't have that, oh, there's no, maybe you're, you're sometimes, maybe your, your wife tells you that there's no gas. You now feel, ah. I wish I had earlier. And then your friend now calls you and says, ah, ah, I'm around your area. We'll be looking for gas all around. You now realize that, oh, what she went through is true. You didn't need to be that angry. Impatience fuels uncontrolled anger. So we said patience to get details, patience to listen more, patience to respond wisely. And in case you are here, some of you maybe don't believe in the Bible. You're an atheist perhaps. Now all these scriptures should let you know that God knows what he's doing. God's word is his wisdom. This verse has been there since. You, you talk to psychologists, they will tell you if couples will listen more to each other, there will be fewer broken homes. It's there. Swift. Swift. Get back on that verse, please. It says swift to, to hear, slow to what? Speak. I mean, he knows that if you are swift to hear, you'll be slow to speak. And then you'll be slow to the anger. But when you are not listening, you have this prideful attitude of, I don't care what they say, they, they, you know, you won't listen, and then you'll be quick to speak foolishly, wrongly, and then quick to get angry. So at times, there's an issue at home, and your wife is saying, please listen. I can't listen again. I'm tired of listening. I have to listen, 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 listen. I'm a listener. <laughs> but listen, and get the details. And sometimes it's the woman. So, because earlier in this ministry, I used to think it's only men that get angry because they're the head of the house. Men, I've, I've, been, I've been shocked. I've told you the case where a woman gets angry in the house and begins to break everything in the house. That was a case we had many years ago. I mean, I, I, had, I, I was shocked. And this one, we were reporting everything. She, he did this. He did that. And then the husband comes up and says, Pastor, the matter is not like that. Oh, what happened? Pastor, when she gets angry, ask her what she does. I said, what does she do? I even thought it was just verbal abuse. He said, no, she breaks everything. I mean, everything. So he said, the last one that even happened, she drew a knife from the kitchen. She had to, he had to call the police. They, they arrested the wife. I'm telling you a true story. He now went to Bela in the evening when the anger had come down. He said, when the fight stood up, when the, I said, when the fight stood up, when the fight started, <laughs> when the fight started, he said, unconsciously, he went to the TV and did like this. He was arguing, but blocking the TV. Because many TVs had gone. <laughs> Flash screen. So that's a woman. She just gets angry. And when she comes down, it looks like something came upon her. Breaking everything. And some men throw things. If you... 
Chineke boy, boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, carry things and, and then start throwing things. And then I see uh, Olympic Games in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you are slow to speak, you might be slow to wrath. Glory to God. Okay, and we said also that don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, believe me, when you are given to excessive anger, little things, you, be, you make it unnecessarily big. Small thing that, okay, you, are ang you should be angry, but maybe the angry should be 10 degrees. You now overblow it to like 85 degrees, and, and the other person wonder, but what, what, what is that now? What is it? What is it? See, I did this yesterday. I did this yesterday. Why are you not making this little one like the entire world is going to come down? Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Be, be, be mature enough to look at, okay, this is the matter. But it's not as bad as it is. We, we use toothpaste as an example. For those of us that are just joining us, toothpaste. Because of the oil prices situation. And then, um, you know, somebody's trying to cut down cost at home. And the next thing is, okay, please, everybody in the house, cost family meeting, toothpaste. This is the toothpaste. See my demonstration. <laughs> you press it from the bottom. So that it can last us for two months. Children say two months. Two months. <laughs> and then when you are saying press from the bottom, the wife went to the kitchen to put off gas. She didn't hear at the bottom. You assume everybody knows that. And then the, after some few days, after a family prayer, and she's happy. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. And then she goes to the um, bathroom to, to brush and then picks up the gigantic Colgate. And then from the very top, and then, as Satan will always do, he will order your steps. That's when you will now go to that bathroom. You know, you know the way God orders our own steps to blessing, Satan orders our steps to strife. You just open the door to greet. You just saw her pressing it. Oh, these are the enemies of this administration. <laughs> and then suddenly you become quiet. She doesn't even know what happened. And the next thing, I don't know what's happening in this house. If people cannot obey simple, simple instruction, how will we survive? No, sir. And then everybody, your wife is wondering what's happening. She goes to the first time. Did you do anything wrong? I don't do anything wrong. What is talking about? She didn't even know she was the one. And then you have reacted. Call everyone and that. You are spoiling the finance of the house. What did I do? After the ranting. Even you, why not realize that? <laughs> because of COVID. What did you do? What did you do? You now be explaining. I saw you. <laughs> do what? Pressing the cocky. She now wonder, is that the reason for this madness? And when she now says that, is that why you are dead? Why would I say that? A little mountain, a little, a little hinges swing huge doors. If you can do cocky like that, that's how you do tomato. That's how you be wasting things. Ah. I didn't do that. I'm just demonstrating. You know. I ask her, so because somebody else, ah, the person is saying these things like. <laughs> Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. And then number three, we said understand people and then you know how to deal with them. This is major. When you meet a Nigerian outside Nigeria, you know. When you see a Ghanaian, you know. We are always trying to be smart. Niger, it's a spirit. <laughs> Ghanaians are often laid back. 
Gambians, I see them when I travel. You just know this is a Nigerian. You just know. We are the ones that can fight inside plane. Nigeria. Ibu man and Yoruba woman fighting inside plane. Qatar air. This is my luggage compartment. What, what do you mean by that? Don't talk to me. Listen. If you talk to your husband like that at home, you can't do that for me here. You, you, you hear me now? What is it? If you bring up my luggage, we'll fight on. Hang, hang. He, she, he brought her luggage and then he jacked her. Sorry, she jacked him. It's that plane. It's Nigeria. The plane was stopped. They called the Qatar police to come and talk to them. Ah. Hey, we were delayed for one hour. Madness. One hour. They said, the hostess said, if these two people will remain in this flight, that she won't, they won't fly. Because if you are fighting like that, we are not taking up. If you are now in the middle of disguise and they start boxing, what shall we do? They said it. Then their eyes came down. One man was supporting the Igbo man. And the police pointed out, you will join them out. He said, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It was drama, drama. They had to deplane them. That was my first time of hearing that word clearly. Deplane. And they apologized to the other um, passengers that the reason for the delay is to get their luggage from what has been put in the plane. They had to open it. So I asked myself, if they asked this woman, why didn't you fly? What would she tell the family? What would she tell the family? And already we're about to fly you. So she might have called them and said, we're about to take off now. Praise God. Amen. I'll see you when you land. Thank you. you see, they're now here that you didn't fly. What will you say happen? Of course, you point on the man. He's one madman. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. All these men that drink alcohol in the plane. They asked the man, what happened? Ha! All oh, these Yoruba women. <laughs> Strife. When you see people and you know their temperaments, their upbringing, the way they are, you anticipate certain mistakes. Maybe you don't know. Most of those airlines that you do connecting flights, they put our flight towards the end. Maybe you don't know. Our own gate is always towards the end. They know us. And they push pressure crew. When we land, they tell people to sit down. We don't sit down. Sit down until the plane comes and stop. You know, bring my phone. <laughs> we don't listen. They know. They know. They, they put crew to handle us. They know. they know. If you see a British person, you know them. They hardly greet or they talk from the nose. Scottish people from the nose. Americans are a bit more f- uh, free. So when you know your spouse, her temperament or his temperament, you know, it, it helps you to live well. It enhances intimacy. In fact, what should be a strife point can be a humorous point. Ignorance is deadly. You'll be judgmental. You'll be cursing. I read a book recently. And they said, when you're about to get married, look well at your mother-in-law. That most likely your wife will take after her. Say, look well. Look, look. And project that most likely, and he said, Look at your father in law, too. Most likely, your husband will behave like that. I mean, simple things understand where somebody is coming from. Don't make it look like the person is behaving like he came from the moon, it's a lie. You saw it, or you refuse to see it. Understand people, their temperaments, their upbringing, their strengths. 
and their weaknesses. We, let me just go through it again. We ran through some things about temperaments. I will take a whole Sunday to deal with that. Maybe towards the end of this month or something. The cholerics. Uh, cholerics are the people that are restless, aggressive, impulsive, changeable, optimistic, and active. Cholerics are the go-getters. They are very independent. If your son or daughter is a choleric, they want things to be done their own way. If they don't do their own way, they will fight everybody. If you're a nursing school teacher or a primary school, when you see a choleric child, you will know. Is everybody in the class must respond to him or her their own way. Okay? And they are very good with development. They are very optimistic. That's why they push themselves into projects, big, big things. They believe it can work. They are very optimistic. Without cholerics, there won't be civilization. But the thing driving that civilization is some excessive energy, which can also mean excessive anger. So most of the time, they appear like they don't have emotions. A choleric man that is not spirit-filled, when you are crying, you are just waiting. Water is just flowing. He's, he does him nothing. And the one will be crying. He say, you're wicked, man. He will be smiling. If it's not spirit-filled, they don't have emotions. That you're crying is analyzing it. That's how she cried three weeks ago. <laughs> That's how she cried seven weeks ago. So it's a lie. And you, yeah, you're crying. The crying means a lot. But to you. <laughs> you're a wicked man. You're a wicked man. Are you, are you, are you finished crying? <laughs> what I'm saying is this. I will not tolerate this. <laughs> but you know why they're also very proud because of the way they are they achieve a lot they move energies they do things so that achievement enters their head so but their greatest enemy in court is god when god sees that others cannot deal with them he becomes their fighter and when god fights you be careful he can break the person's leg you understand that? So you see Apostle Paul, when he was doing all those things, uh, I think he became blind, Abi. Uh-huh. He said, shh, shh. He stopped him. What's wrong with you? You are persecuting everybody up and down. What is wrong with you? You will preach that gospel, and the way you are beating my people, they will beat you for my sake. Didn't they beat Apostle Paul? Uh, they beat him. They didn't beat other people like that. He's in <laughs> prison. Okay, then sanguines are the sociable, outgoing, talkative, responsive, easygoing, lively, carefree, extroverted. You know them, colorful, you know them, very, very colorful. They're always excited. When they start praise and worship, before the instrument goes, they start dancing. They are very movable. They, 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 they move. They <laughs> and they love social things. Party, ah, they love that. If you're a sanguine, you love socializing. So if you have a sanguine husband, he likes to stay with his friends, talking, gisting. So, and with that sociable, also is the sin that follow it. Outgoing. If you have a sanguine wife, ah, she'll be talking, talking, talking. And this analysis, you come from work like this, what happened at work? If you say, fine, fine, okay. You will explain the F and the I and the N and the E. What happened when you arrived in the morning? What happened in the middle? When the girl reacted, what did you do? How did you say it? And if the man is not the outgoing type, you say, leave me alone. <laughs> but sanguine wants to talk. They don't like fasting. They like to eat. <laughs> oh, and they forget things. 
Then forget deadlines. They are very lively. Without them, this world won't be fun. Believe me. Oh, this world won't be fun. There won't be joy. They, they will be under pressure like this. Not pressure. In debt. And you still be smiling everywhere. The person that, is, that they are owing will be under pressure more. <laughs> that day. You'll be calling them, my money. What is it? Now, how we pay you. <laughs> But if a melancholy is owing you, they worry. <laughs> so you're borrowing sanguine money, be careful. They'll be laughing with you. What is it? Nah, she we have some money with you. You owe me. I tell you, she we have some money. She be, I they just paid you people some money. What is your business with they just pay me some money? Pay my money, my friend. <laughs> okay, they're extroverted. Melancholies, wow, they are the moody ones. They're anxious, they're sober, they're pessimistic, they're detailed, they're reserved, they're unsociable, they're quiet. Melancholies. I mean, my wife, I think she has a bit of melancholy and sanguine. So she might not be in the kind of moods I am every time. There are times she just wants to be herself. When you use words that are not okay, it affects them more than the sanguines. Sanguines forgive faster. They also hurt you faster. So it's a two-way thing. When you offend a sanguine, they forgive you. When you apologize, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I know we all make mistakes after <laughs> She apologizes, she will do her own. And you must forgive easily. <laughs> but melancholies, when you offend them, they take it in and build a castle with it. How can he say he doesn't love me again? Me. Oh, who am I? Who am I? He doesn't love me. That means his brothers don't even love me. That means everybody don't really love me. <laughs> Am I that bad? Father, why did you create me? <laughs> and it's that um, development that leads to moods at times. The, the overbearing of those thirds. So they become quiet and be thinking. This helps you to deal with if you're like there's some words, I can't, if I can't even try it. Use it on her. I just want, I just want to kill her. Oh, of course, the words have come to my mind before. Maybe I'm angry. I'm... <laughs> but the work you will do using the word is more than the work. So you better not to do the work. Because that word will be analyzed. You have to explain it. Why did you say that? And you have a sanguine man. What did I say? I didn't, you can't be denying that he said it because he forgot. I mean, I didn't say it. I was just fighting. I, I told you, I just told you my heart. You said that you regret that I married you. I didn't mean it like that. Why are you taking everything to heart like that? Leave me, leave me. <laughs> These are things that happen in families. But you said it. For a melancholy is huge. I regret the day I married you. You're, you and your mother and father, they're all, you're all the same. That your family is safe. Ah! You carried the entire family and summarized it like that? You have killed the romance. You have killed intimacy. That's I went to your family that day. No wonder the food was late. The same thing. Late, late, late. Your food is late. late. Your family is just a late family. <laughs> God forbid. So, melancholies are introverted. By the way, they said cholerics are uh, emotionally unstable. The word in bracket is neurotic. <laughs> they just king, blah, blah. So if you have a choleric husband like Apostle Paul, they're very unpredictable. You can just wake up and say, I'm going to Macedonia to preach. <laughs> you should know. 
There are many people like that. that they just, you, you are talking to him now. The next two hours, I'm going to Macedonia to preach. He didn't, I'm going to Macedonia to preach. God said I should go there. The very, <laughs> it looks like unstable, you know, stable. <laughs> so melancholies too are unstable. Their emotions, they can be happy with you now. And then the next day, they are moody. And sanguine people hate moods. They just leave you. Look at I'm going out. I'm going out. This heart is too boring. What is it? Just pick his key and get out and go and fling with friends. So if you're like that as a woman, try and overcome it. Be joyful. Let your husband love to be around you. Sometimes we blame some men for going out. Something is chasing them. The house is like a graveyard. Somebody's cooking and is talking to himself. Hey, hey, hey. Talking to herself, sorry. On, on the food. And I was going to the kitchen. Hey, hey, what is it? I'm going, I'm going. Because he can't even, he'll be scared of asking what's happening. He knows that 95% of the happening is him. He knows. So if I, if I should ask her what's happening to you, the way we, she will look at you. Nothing. That statement means you are every problem I have. <laughs> and by the way, let's make our homes a joyful place. Whether you are melancholy, do your best. Let your children be eager to be at home and your spouse. I, I got some CDs uh, some days ago, some worship CDs, just, you know, and I got home. Just be playing and we'll be dancing. The entire family, including myself, including me. Dancing. Everybody dancing. The lowest, just dancing. It creates, not that you are always doing things like, your, your house is not a boardroom. Don't, be, don't make it a complaining center for registered numbers. <laughs> okay, phlegmatics are passive, careful, thoughtful, peaceful, Reliable, even tempered, calm, and sometimes stubborn. <laughs> now, without phlegmatics, there won't be peace in this world. Oh, everything is fine. But to do something new, hmm? everybody will say, Yes, yes, we are going. Mm. Oh, that's a flag. I have them on my team. I know whose head will do like this, and whose head will do like this, and those who will say, no, I know them, so when I'm coming with it, I know, I know. For sometimes what you do is that you talk to the flag first, and the melancholy is first before the meeting. Three days before the meeting. <laughs> Hello? Yes, I'm thinking of this thing. Mm, think about it, that's why I'm calling you now. <laughs> Call me by 6 p.m. <laughs> now, believe me, that is not bad, because most of the things they even point out are very good things. Okay, only that they love their comfort zone. You push them to do a project, they start it, they now know the jurisdiction, they stay with that. The moment you want to add two or three things like this, they resist it. That's flag for you. That's flag for you. The melancholies will first say, no, we're not going. Ha. You don't even heard what I'm saying. Because they can be very pessimistic, scared, and everything. The choleric is optimistic. The melancholy is pessimistic. So when the man is driven to do something, Somebody close saying no. It can be a point of conflict. But understanding people will help 
deal with them better. Praise the Lord. Finally, we talked about mercy, showing mercy. Uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? You know, sometimes it's the people that don't show mercy that have problems with authority a lot. Because the seeds you sow, you reap. Believe me. You just find that somebody somewhere refuses to forgive you too. That has authority over you. Because of the way you are drilling people under you. You'll find that when uh, Jacob, is it, no, no, um, J- Jacob, yeah, cheated his um, brother in court to collect the blessing. He, you know, it was for his father. And he collected the blessing. When he ran to the other place, it was his father-in-law that did it back to him too. He said, you are smart, Abby. I best will meet you on the way. He had danced in the party after seven years of labor. That I'm going to give you my youngest daughter, beautiful daughter, Rachel. Everything is fine. And then the father-in-law too showed him that that thing you did before, we want to show you the harvest that don't come. Now carried another person. Gave it to him. After seven years, the way to deceive his father. So mercy is a seed. May you not get to a place where you need help that will change your story and they refuse to help you. Just because of a... I'm not praying. I'm, I'm teaching the Bible. What are you saying? And you know, they, they just refuse. And the reason is because I don't like what they did one day. And you don't wonder why they're doing like that. It's something you have sown. You are holding somebody at the jugular. Your wife, perhaps, or your son, or somewhere. And you refuse. How can you as a man be unforgiving for three weeks? You want to kill the woman? Be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Bible says men should not get into bitterness. That means things will happen at home that can get you bitter as a man. How can she report me to the pastor? How can she report me to the pastor? They thought I was one I even took her there. Me. She now had the guts to report to the pastor. Number one, I won't go to that church again. Number two, if she does anything, if she comes home late, from any meeting and tell me it's meeting in that church, she's not going to that church anymore. Nonsense. And you keep it in your heart. <laughs> Do you know when I preach in church, people think they came to report to me. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> I'm telling you. As I'm talking to them, someone like, ah, my wife called him. Who called me? I've not spoken to her for two weeks. Don't be using excuses not to, to be disobedient. You come to church, ah, that, the way that person described that matter. Hmm, my wife has spoken to him. <laughs> what do you think happens when the pastor is praying for a service? I'm praying to God, Lord, let my words meet their need. What do you expect? Words that will meet your need? Some examples I give is on the spur of the moment, it just shows up. Like this one I said now, that uh, I won't come to church. Somebody, eh, no wonder. She called him. She called and I was asking her, she didn't call him. She was lying on top. She was not lying. You teach on finance, somebody will be telling, hey, my wife told pastor that I'm not, I don't tithe. Nobody told me anything. The Holy Ghost reported you in the spirit. <laughs> Psalms 103 verse 8. Where there is unity, we must remember there is peace. And there is blessings. And there are blessings. We'll close with that scripture. We'll continue uh, next time. Psalms 1, oh, what? Verse. Okay, the Lord is merciful. The Lord is what? Say, I'm merciful. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm plenteous in mercy. Say, the Lord is merciful. The Lord is gracious. 
Therefore, I'm also merciful. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm plenteous in mercy. If you remove this out of any relationship, it never works. Here is the balance. I mentioned in the first service that I'm preaching mercy. doesn't mean if you do things wrong in your office, they won't query you. They can even sack you mercifully. Uh -huh. Because sometimes people, who, uh, the extremes, say, how can they sack me in the office? And it's even the church. What about mercy? And pastor, we're talking about mercy. There are two different things. Bitterness is even when they are now sacking you, they are still, you know, hating you. They can forgive you, but you, they might sack you, but then after querying you for two, for two, uh, two I mean, having two queries. And in case you have an office, don't say because of mercy now, you don't keep a wrong staff. You don't do that. But you don't put people in your heart. Let them go and, and fulfill their destiny. If you want to help them, connect to other places, help them out. But let them go. But in the home, you need forgivers to live together. There are things your husband will do that you have to let go. And you see, um, let's learn to ask for mercy when we are wrong. It's easier for the other party to give it when we ask for it. Men, I'm begging you, please, <laughs> when you are wrong, ask for mercy from your wife. Don't act like you didn't do anything. Don't act like you don't even need mercy. We all need mercy. Tell her, I'm, I'm wrong. I, I, I was really wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I, I'm sorry. Please, have mercy. Forgive me. And mean it. Ask and it shall be given. Because it's harder to give when the person is not even asking for it. Yet, we must give it to live well. Glory to God. Let's rise up on our feet and pray. There will be healings this morning. There will be restorations this morning. Particularly remembering Psalms 133. That it takes unity. To have the blessings.